Please remain standing. Tonight I would like to direct your attention to Isaiah chapter 64. As we make through our way in the book of Isaiah, Isaiah 64, verse 1 to 3 tonight. The word of the Lord. All that you would rend the heavens and come down, that the mountains might quake at your presence, as when fire kindles brush wood and the fire causes water to boil, to make your name known to your adversaries, and that the nations might tremble at your presence. When you did awesome things that we did not look for, you came down the mountains quaked at your presence. From of old no one has heard or perceived by the ear, no eye has seen a God besides you who acts for those who wait for him. You meet him who joyfully works righteousness, those who remember you in your ways. Behold, you were angry and we sinned. In our sins we have been a long time and shall we be saved. Let's pray. Our gracious and heavenly Father, Lord, as we now hear the message of your word, once again we ask you to turn our hearts into good soils so that when your word, the seed of your word is sown into our hearts, it would bear fruit for your kingdom, for you, our God, some 30, some 60, and some 100-fold. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen. You may be seated. From time to time, I quiz my children when we come to church in the car. And uh, this morning, I did ask them this question. And I had uh, several answers from them. The question I asked them and I ask you tonight was, what is the one thing that the church God's people needs most. I'm sure given the state of the church and the culture today, the list of the answer that people give would be endless. To mention some, it could be revival, spiritual awakening, is the one thing that the church needs most today. It could be conversion of sinners. We do have unconverted family members. We want to see them being converted by the power of the gospel. We want to see our political leaders being transformed by the power of the gospel. We want to see peace and unity among people in the church, the list goes on. 
But in the light of the chapter that we are looking at tonight, Isaiah chapter 64, I would like to narrow the answer. I would like to narrow down the answer to one. I believe one greatest need of the church or God's people today is the presence of God. The presence of God among his people. God coming down from heaven, walking among his people in the midst of his people. The presence of God. What we have before us tonight is the prophet Isaiah praying to God, pleading with God, and the one thing that he longs for in his own life and on behalf of the people of Israel in his time was God's presence. Notice how many times he mentions the presence of God. Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down, that the mountains might quake at your presence, one. And then, as when fire kindles brushwood and the fire causes water to boil, to make your, your, your name known to your adversaries, and that the nations might tremble at your presence. And then listen, for the third, third time, when you did awesome things that we did not look for, you came down, the mountains quaked at your presence. Three times he pleaded with God for God to open heaven and come down and walk among his people. Three times. He prayed to God that God would be present among his people. And if you ask why, because if the church, the people of God have the, the presence of God upon them, among them, walking in their midst, then they have everything that they need. There is nothing like the presence of God. There is nothing like God in his presence walking among his people, walking upon his people, strengthening his people, guiding his people, sanctifying his people. But what we need most as his people, as his church, is to experience his presence among us. And I want us to consider that tonight under three points. First, I want us to consider God's presence as the greatest need for God's people. And then secondly, that everything depends on God's presence. And then thirdly, God's presence helps us to overcome difficulties in life. So first, God's presence as the greatest need of God's people. Not only in the past, not only today, but throughout all ages, God's people need the presence of God. You know, I ask you this question. What is, what is the greatest need for the church, for God's people? Anyone would say salvation or conversion. Conversion. 
or peace or joy or glory. But think about that. If you don't have his presence among you, among us, those things will not be present, will not be given to us. His presence is so crucial. And Isaiah understood that. Isaiah understood that. He prayed, oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down, that the mountains might quake at your presence. You see, Isaiah was saying, Lord, we need your presence. Lord, I want to see your presence among your people, the people of Israel, the people whom he chose. Because of where they are right now. Because of their spiritual condition. Where, where they find themselves. We need your presence. For God to intervene by his presence. For God to make himself known. By his presence. For God to deliver his people. By his presence. Remember what happened in Egypt? God had to come to Egypt to deliver his people. The angel of death was in Egypt killing the firstborn of the Egyptians. But God was present among his people. God came down to Egypt to deliver his people. The people of Israel felt his presence. They experienced the presence of their God delivering them, delivering them from the hands of the, Egypt, the Egyptians. You see, he was seeking God's presence. Like in the past. Like what you did in the past. You, you opened it up. You know, heaven, heaven and came down and delivered your people. He's praying for revival, you see. But revival, spiritual awakening would never happen without God's presence. The presence of God being experienced by his people. Beloved, yes, Isaiah was praying for freedom. Isaiah was praying for the, free, or the freedom of God's people from the hand of the, the, the Egyptians. Freedom from oppression. But more than that, and anything else, he wanted God's people to experience God's presence. Imagine if they are delivered from their physical oppression. They are free. They are free people. But if they don't have God's presence among them. Imagine they, they become prosperous materially. They become the most powerful nation in the world. Like, how, like what they wanted as a nation, as, as a people, but they don't have God's presence among them. What good is that? You see, this, this prophet Isaiah, he understood that. He, he reminded himself and the people of Israel, and even his own life as a prophet, in his prayer, if we don't have God's presence among us, we have nothing. We're lost. We're hopeless. The church needs God's presence. 
among God's people. Isaiah was saying, Lord, if you give us your presence, everything will be fine. We don't need anything more than your presence. What we want is to know that your presence is with us. And the reason, beloved, was at this time the people of Israel were feeling that they were forsaken. They were desolate. They were forsaken. God has forgotten his people. That's how they felt. You see that in chapter 62, verse 4. They felt as if they were forsaken, desolate. So Isaiah prays. The prayer in verse 1, Oh, that ye would rend the heavens and come down, that the mountains might quake at your presence. What is Isaiah saying here? The absence of your presence was the result of our sin. He already addressed that in chapter 59. You remember Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, or his ear dull that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have made separation between you and your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you, so that he does not hear the absence of God, the absence of his presence. Reason, sin. Because you sinned against your God. He has withdrawn from you. You don't feel his presence. You don't experience his presence. Because of your sin. Brothers and sisters in Christ, Isaiah's prayer must be our prayer tonight. It should be our prayer. We should always wonder as believers, as the church of Jesus Christ, do we really feel God's presence among us? By faith, do we see our God walking among us? Fulfilling His purposes among us? Expanding His kingdom among us? Do we experience His presence among us as His people? If not, do we pray to God saying, oh, if we would rend the heavens and come down to do what you have done in the past. If it is chastisement, chastise us. We just want your presence among us. That's what Isaiah was praying God's presence is what we need today, beloved. What we need most of all, it is God's presence that brings salvation, joy, and glory among us. In chapter 63, verse 15 and 17, notice what their experience was, look down from heaven and see from your holy and beautiful habitation. Where are, where are your zeal and your might, the steering of your inner parts and your compassion are held back from me. 
For you are our father through Abraham, though Abraham does not know us and Israel does not acknowledge us. You, O Lord, you are our father, our redeemer from of old is your name. But Isaiah was saying, now I feel, your people feel that you held back from us. We don't feel your presence. We don't think your presence is among us. We need your presence. Oh, oh, open the heavens and come down among your people. What causes this, beloved? What happened? What causes this? No God's presence among them. Let me remind you that the people of Israel, at this time, when Isaiah prayed this prayer, they were living under the power of sin. They were acting as if they never knew God. Imagine the people whom God chose, the people whom God set apart for his own glory, for his own worship. They were acting as if they don't know him. You see, that was, that was the burden of Isaiah. That was the sorrow of Isaiah. And he prayed, oh, oh, you would rend the heavens and come down. Isaiah, Isaiah's prayer was a prayer of burden and sorrow because of where the people of Israel found themselves. Now, I must make something very clear to all of us tonight. Every true believer, every child of God, has the presence of God with him, with her. Emmanuel, God with us, God with his people through Christ. Jesus promised his disciples, and behold, I will be with you till the end of the age. We read in, we read in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13, when we heard the gospel and believed in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, we were sealed by the promise of the Holy Spirit. Yes, God is present with us. He's omnipresent. We can never invite God to be present with us. He is present with us. Isaiah, what Isaiah is dealing with tonight is, do we experience that? This is the experiential presence of God. We, we know, you know, everything that I mentioned, we, we know them as, as doctrines in the Bible. Emmanuel, God with us. I will never leave you and will never forsake you. Doctrine, scripture, we see that in the Bible, but is that what we realize in our life, what we experience in our life every day as his people? as his church. It is one thing to, to, to know your doctrine, to understand your doctrine, but do we really experience that in our life? When I was in Kenya, it was amazing. You know, I will live my life remembering 
that you know, marvelous incident that I experienced in Nairobi. I had a friend who was working with me in the, in the Christian ministry that I was helping in Nairobi. And one time he invited me to preach in one small church in the, in the outskirts of Nairobi, very far from where I was living. When I went to the place, um, there were 50 people in a very... A poor area, very small meeting place. And I preached the word of God and we were having coffee together and I approached this older woman and I asked her, so how is, how is the Christian life here? How is worship here? And this older woman, she said to me, you know, Pastor, every time we gather in this place, we feel the presence of God. I went back after one year. There were 500 people in a suitable place. And I met the woman. And she looked at me and she said, I told you. We have the presence of God here. 50, 500 in one year time. God's presence. We feel God's presence here. They not only believed in the doctrine, but they experienced it the promise of God in their life, the presence of God. God's presence makes all the difference, you see. Even, even, even heaven, you know, when we get to heaven, what is going to make heaven so sweet is the presence of God. The psalmist in Psalm 60:11 said, "You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy, and your right hand ple- in, in your at your right hand are pleasures forevermore." Is heaven without God? It's not going to be sweet. Just you seen your beloved ones who have gone ahead of you in heaven? will not make heaven so sweet. His presence will make it so sweet. Secondly, everything depends upon God's presence. Do you know that? Everything relies on his presence. Not only God's presence is the one, the one thing that we need most, but also everything depends on God's presence. It is God's presence that makes a difference in the life and the journey of God's people. I mean, read your Bible from Genesis to Revelation. The whole story of God's people is about God's presence with his people. Do you know that? Think about Abraham. God was present with him. God was present with Abraham. He blessed him with Isaac. He preserved Isaac by his presence. 
The whole history of God's people is about God's presence with his people. In Exodus chapter 14, 14, the Egyptians, what did they say? Their God is fighting for them, so let's flee from these people. You see, we see his presence among them. He's fighting for them. Let's flee. God's presence. God's presence with Joseph. You remember how God kept Joseph, preserved Joseph in prison in Genesis 39.2. We read this, and the Lord was with Joseph. God's presence. What about the presence of God in Egypt? What I just mentioned to you. The angel of death and how God delivered his people from Egypt. Exodus 3, 7, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. I know them. I know their suffering. And I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and bring them up out of that land to a good and broad land a land flowing with milk and honey. I will come down. I will open the heavens and come down to Egypt. I will be among my people. Remember what Moses said to God one time? Lord, you want us to go and fight these people? We will never do that unless your presence will be with us. For us to fight, we need your presence to be among us. But that was not the end, you see. What about what God did with the incarnation of his son, Jesus Christ? Didn't God open the heavens and came down and took human flesh? Listen to this in Matthew 13, 16 and 17. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water. And behold, the heavens were opened. That's exactly what Isaiah prayed for. And that's what, exactly what happened when Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist. The heavens, I saw... The heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Isaiah 64, 1 was fulfilled. At the Jordan River. God opened the heavens and came down. The angel told Joseph, Mary will give birth to a child. And you will call his name Emmanuel, which means what? God with us. God being present among his people. 
Thirdly, we see God's presence helping us to overcome difficulties in life. God's people do use sometimes become weak. Do you sometimes incline toward giving up? Well, you need to think about what God would do if we just become like Isaiah and pray to God saying, if, if you would run the heavens and come down among us. Notice verse 2. As when fire kindles brush wood, and the fire causes water to boil. You know, when the fire causes water to boil, it means there is activity. Something is happening. To make your name known to your adversaries, and that the nations might tremble at your presence. Make your, known, make no, your name known to your adversaries for the strength of your people. Psalm 4.6.1, we do have this amazing promise in the scripture. God is our refuge, and then comes and strength. How, 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 how much do you understand this? God is our refuge, clear. We can run and take refuge in God, but he's also our strength, a very present help in trouble. How does his presence strengthen us? Through his word, he renews our minds and revives our spirit and fills us with hope and expectation. He's our refuge and our strengths. Do you want to feel his presence? Do you want to be strengthened by his presence? Go to his word. Read his word. Reflect upon his word. Meditate upon his word. The word of God is a means of grace for strengthening us. Meditation, reflection upon God's word. Then we keep going without giving up. Isaiah 41.10. Listen to this promise. Fear not, for I am with you. The question is, do we experience this? Do we see this by faith? Fear not. Why? For I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. I will strengthen you. I will be present with you. So church, this is the prayer that we need Today, tomorrow, throughout all the ages, 
We need this prayer. It seems a simple prayer, but it is a powerful prayer. All that you would rend the heavens and come down. To walk among us, to strengthen us, to uphold your people with your righteous hand. And as you think about this and apply these things in your life, I want you to think about, about this. Is the prayer of Isaiah your prayer? Is that what you pray for God's people, for the church of Jesus Christ today? His presence. His presence. Let's understand the indispensability of God's presence among us. There is nothing like His presence. I told you earlier, and I say it again, if we have His presence among us, then everything will be fine. We need His presence. And we need to feel it. We need to see it by faith. And we need to pray for it. We need to be like the prophet Isaiah tonight, tomorrow, and in days ahead of us. Oh, that you would run the heavens and come down. As we go through this chapter, we'll see what his presence was accomplished for the people of Israel and what his presence would accomplish for us as the church of Jesus Christ. I just want to encourage you as of this evening, just read this chapter, reflect on it, meditate on it. It is, it, it, it is a very rich chapter. Wherever you go in this chapter, you will wrestle and you will be blessed by his presence. And you will understand how much we need his presence among us. Let's pray. Our gracious and heavenly Father, even now we, like the prophet Isaiah, we pray, oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down among your people. We desire to feel your presence, to see your presence by faith, to experience it among us as your people. We want to worship having your presence among us. We want to preach your word having your presence among us. We want to study your word together having your presence among us. We want to pray together corporately having your presence among us. We want to do our outreach ministries, having your presence among us. We want to give to the work of your kingdom, having your presence among us. We want to do everything that we do in this life, having your presence among us. Oh Lord, help us to understand your presence, pray for your presence. 
like your, the prophet Isaiah. Bless your church with the experience of your presence, your powerful presence among us. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen. Let's all stand together.